This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The City of Toronto has partnered with a local registered charity to collect funds for those most affected by this week's deadly and shocking van attack. And the money is going to be raised through the hashtag Toronto Strong Fund. Here's Mayor John Tory talking about it. I think many of the members of council will know and many members of the public of the Toronto Foundation. Uh, it presently establishes and manages and disperses uh, money to Toronto causes on behalf of Torontonians, but it is, I think, suffice it to say, a well-established, uh, respected, long-standing organization with very solid accountability mechanisms in place uh, to uh, collect and manage and, and uh, disperse uh, money and to administer uh, large numbers of donations, issue tax receipts, uh, and, and this kind of thing. Okay, well, I have to say, I was really happy to hear that this is being done through the Toronto Foundation uh, in the last while. We've seen a lot of these GoFundMe campaigns that go viral, and I keep wondering, uh, you know, where's this money going? Where's the accountability for this money? It's just people, you know, giving some money. So uh, here to talk about it is Julia Howell from the Toronto Foundation. Hi, Julia. Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. Now, um, am I correct? Most of these GoFundMe campaigns, so first of all, uh, they are not certified by the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency, which means they don't have to adhere to certain criteria. And on the other side means that you can't get a tax receipt for a donation you make, right? Yeah, that's very true. Um, GoFundMe, however, plays a really important role because some people want to provide direct support to individuals, and they can do that through a, Go- a GoFundMe effort. Um, uh, through us, um, we make donations to registered charities. It's a different mechanism. Um, I'm not going to discredit what GoFundMe does because it's, it's fantastic to see all the generosity rising up in the city. But what I will say is that we're partnering with GoFundMe. So we've um, spoken to the people at the head office, and a number of the GoFundMe funds have decided that they're going to direct um, what they raise to us. Um, and and we're, we're expecting there's going to be a groundswell um, in that direction. Uh-huh. So what happens if, if GoFundMe directs donations to you, uh, who gets the tax receipt? Um, well, um, you know, whoever makes the donation will get the tax receipt. So GoFundMe um, will get it. Well, it'll be the it'll be the individuals that set up the funds. So, but this isn't this isn't about the tax receipt. So, for for the individuals that contribute to these funds, they're they're, they're doing it, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts. There's no incentive there. Um, that that's not what motivates people to uh, respond in a crisis like this. No, I I get that, but uh, people who respond uh, with registered charities in a in in uh, a crisis like this, nevertheless, get get a tax receipt. But uh, you know, for me, the issue is that an, uh, a group that can issue a tax receipt also has to meet certain criteria. Um, you know, well. Um, 
Well, a charitable donation, um, you know, a donation to a registered charity will automatically elicit a receipt. That, that's the way it works. Right. But um, So the individuals that have given to GoFundMe, they haven't donated directly to a registered charity, so they won't get a receipt. And people need to understand that difference. Um, but as I said, they're not motivated by that. So um, uh, I think what's important is that there's a range of giving opportunities for people out there, um, and, um, and, and it's important that people, people respond. Now, um, you know, uh, we, we hope, of course, that many of the funds will come to us, um, and, uh, uh, and that's what we're here to do. So we, we set up our fund because we wanted to mobilize a collective response. Um, a, we thought that um, working in partnership with the mayor, um, we'd be able to, to drive this, this, uh, this kind of movement of generosity. And, um, uh, and, and we also knew that then we could design a, a collective strategy to have the biggest impact um, uh, um, in the fallout of this tragedy. So to date... Um, I think early this morning we'd raised um, about $84,000, and since then um, I've just heard that there's a movement of um, five uh, leading banks in the city that have come on board. Um, so um, uh, TD Bank and RBC have each committed $100,000. Um, CIBC has committed $50,000. CN has committed $50,000, and there and there are more to come. So th- this is the kind of thing that we're trying to catalyze and. And um, and it's happening. Mm-hmm. And is there a, a committee? I mean, uh, that is going to decide how to distribute the funds, uh, or is that going to be just uh, you know people from the community foundation? How is that going to work? Well, that's a really good question. And what what I can say is we've got um, a first phase plan, uh, and um, the rest of it's going to evolve because we're not sure who the ideal community partners are going to be yet. So um, from the get-go, we reached out to Victim Services Toronto because they are the leading charity working on the ground as direct responders to the crisis. So they, they were there, you know, within within minutes of, of, of the um, attack happening uh, to provide emotional support um, to uh, family members, to survivors, um, to witnesses, and they're, they're continuing uh, to be there in, in the aftermath. Um, they're also, they also have a mechanism to be able to provide some uh, financial support um, because, um, you know, for, for families in need that are impacted by this, they're going to have exceptional costs that they may not have the resources to pay for. So and is that a, whether uh, that's, sorry, hmm? is that a city agency? Um, they're, they're an independent registered charity. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're a registered charity. Yeah, they, they work closely in partnership with the police um, because, uh, you know, the police are the first responders and, and sort of they come in next, but they're not formally affiliated. They're entirely independent and, you know, regulated by Revenue Canada through the charities directorate. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. I'm looking on their website and I see that they have a number of events to raise money, but uh, I would think that, yes, following an event like this, they would have some costs that they certainly didn't anticipate. Yeah, you know, um, I don't want to speak on behalf of them. Um, uh, so, you know, if you want more information, you should talk to Victim Services. But what, what I do, what I do know is they they have been going twenty four seven, you know, since Tuesday, and 
um, uh, they um, they have a, a crew of um, uh, of uh, supporters, um, uh, trained um, therapists, um, and and others, and everybody's working around the clock. So obviously that requires additional support as well as um, the funding that's required to, to pay for the cost to support the family. So, um, yes, indeed, their, their needs increase massively in a moment like this. And when you're talking about uh, funds to support the families, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, first of all, in the very immediate thing, they might need money for uh, funeral services. Uh, also, uh, one of the things that is often not covered. I mean, for people who are injured, if they need things like uh, physiotherapy, uh, that can be very hard to come by in a way that's covered. Um, What else uh, will people be needing? Um, Travel costs and uh, for family members, a lot of the the victims have international affiliations. They might be um, first or second generation immigrants, and so family members are going to be coming in. Uh, We've also Uh, heard, sorry, about uh, foreign nationals. Uh, At least uh, three or four (laughs) of them. We had some people from South Korea and also one man from Jordan. Yeah, exactly. So, so family from around the world are going to be coming in, and some of those families, you know, um, uh, you know, they may or may not be able to afford plane tickets. I, I know that um, WestJet has stepped in to to uh, pay uh, for flights, um, and um, and then there's hotel costs, right? Um, uh, you know, I I, I I think there 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 are going to be all sorts of um, expenses related to this this tragedy and and you know victim services has a mechanism they have a a program that um enables them to be able to assess the needs and um and then um cover uh costs like that mhm and mm-hmm. uh some people will certainly need counseling so so again the the first tranche of the money is going to victim services and yeah. again uh is some kind of a committee of the yeah, that that is something that we've got in the works right now, and it's going to be made up of um, some of the key partners that have come on board. Um, we just haven't finalized exactly what the structure looks like, but it's going to be a um, uh, you know a collaborative uh, response, um, certainly working in partnership with the city. So, um, uh, but but a lot of the direction is going to come from victim services because. The way um, they describe their their work in in moments like this is they're sort of the, the gateway to services, and so um, we're going to be working closely with them to um, to find out who are the other um, charities that are working on the ground um, to try and pick up the pieces, um, and so. We'll end up ultimately with um, with a, a list of charities who are the key community partners, and they will be the recipients of of the funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you worry at all uh, about uh, a charitable fatigue? I mean, we we just saw the Humboldt Strong campaign just about a week ago, and that raised an extraordinary amount of money. And and what it seemed to me, I mean. People did come together to figure out a, a rational way of distributing that money, but it it kind of seemed a little ad hoc to me. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, um, we don't have blueprints for these kinds of things, right? Um, so um, uh, this is unprecedented for the city, um, for, for us. Um, but, but what we do have is um, solid accountability measures, 
um, we've got procedures in place. We've got, um, uh, you know, a commitment to partnership, to being open, to being responsive. And so all the ingredients are there. Um, to ensure that um, that these funds are are going to be stewarded effectively and, and that they're going to have the biggest impact possible, um, but there are so many unknowns at this point. You know, we, we don't know um, h- how much money is going to be raised. Um, we haven't decided, you know, when the end date is for the campaign, and um, uh, and and we don't know yet what what the extent of, of the need is going to be. So um, our, our job is to build um, the, a process and, and the mechanisms to make sure this is all done responsibly and, um, and to keep people informed every step of the way. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, what you're doing here may end up uh, being a model uh, for things that happen in other communities. And was, uh, was the way that the Humboldt... Uh, uh, strong organize themselves was that in any way a model for you to, to be honest we haven't had the time to assess existing models and and so um, all, all we know is that you know th- there was an outpouring of support um, uh, I, I think that um, this is a first for us at Tr- Toronto Foundation Th- this isn't the kind of thing um, that we do um, largely because this isn't the kind of experience that that we've had before in our city, um, but no no doubt um, we're we're going to be uh, paying a lot of attention to what works and what doesn't work, and um, being able to capture that and, and share it with others. You know, Toronto Foundation is one of 191 community foundations across the country, and uh, we we work through a, a national umbrella called Community Foundations of Canada, um, and uh, we will most definitely be uh, working with our colleagues um, uh, across the country in, in sharing what we've learned and, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, some kind of a model uh, can form out of that, that that will ensure that, you know, the, the country overall is, is equipped in the event of, um, of, of disasters like this. And uh, again, uh, I'm wondering about uh, two sides of the coin, and that is, uh, is there a certain amount of uh, Charity fatigue. If uh, there are a lot of these campaigns, we've just we're just seeing one after another. Or on the other hand, uh, I know that uh, charitable giving as a whole has gone down a bit uh, recently. Uh, is the whole GoFundMe thing making people more inspired to give? I, th- I think it is. I mean, I, I think the bottom line is generosity. And, and, you know, the whole charitable sector is in disruption, like everything is out there. And if, if, uh, GoFundMe and other crowdfunding efforts are, um, a means through which people can, uh, demonstrate their generosity and, and, and feel a connection with one another, um, then, you know, that has to be a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows, um, how things will evolve over time, what, what it's going to mean for, you know, the, the charity model that we have in place now. Um, uh, you know, we don't need to cling to the way we've always done things. We just need to make sure we're able to respond and, 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 you know, enable people to, to help out. Uh, so, um, where do people go? Where should people go um, if they want to make the donations? And uh, is the best way to do it by going online? Yeah. Um, the, the, the simplest way is to go to torontofoundation.ca slash torontostrong. 
So that, that web page um, describes what we're doing, and it includes a, a donation form. Okay. You can find us on Twitter, too, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you, uh, it's like mm-hmm. other online donations. You put in your credit card number and the amount, and uh, that tax, re- tax receipt comes immediately, correct? Yep, that's right. And uh, are there other ways for people who don't want to donate online? Um, well, uh, you know, they can, they can go to our website. They could give us a call. Um, you know, that's, a, that's another mechanism. Um, but um, it's, it's easiest for most people, I think, to do the whole thing online. Okay, yeah, we, we yeah. have some of our listeners who uh, prefer to do things the old-fashioned way. Oh, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Write a check. That'll be good, too. Yep, uh, yep, that would be awesome. Okay. But, but if they want to phone us, I'll give you my phone number. It, uh, it's uh, 416-921-2035. Right. And Teresa will be delighted to uh, to take down their information. Okay, we will be posting that number, people. Sorry about that. Online, we will be posting that number online. Uh, and uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, Julia, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, um, I, I I have to say that um, I've never done this before. And um, when we made the decision that we were going to do something, we we were pretty scared. Um, and um, uh, and the way we feel now is is so buoyed by the incredible generosity that's come in. And you know, Toronto is bigger than this, and um, uh, we'll we'll get beyond it together. Okay, that's a, a nice thought to leave us with, uh, Julia Howell from the Toronto Foundation. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.